0: or enjoy many hundreds of these recorded talks dating back to 1996.
1: Welcome again. Thanks for joining us this morning. My name is David. I'm facilitating today. I want to introduce um, our speaker today, and um, we're really excited to have this Wonderful person who's been with us um, a number of times over the years, named Jennifer um, Berezin. And Jennifer is a singer, songwriter, a producer, and an activist uh, who has lifelong involvement with uh, the environmental, women's, and other social justice movements. And her music reflects that, uh, as well as a lifelong interest in Buddhism and Earth-based spirituality. So um, welcome, Jennifer. Thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you, David. Hi, everybody. Can you hear me okay? Great. Well, I, you know, who could have imagined that in August 2020, we'd be meeting like this, huh? Um, It's just, it's quite strange and wonderful because look at all these folks from, from around the country and beyond. I also noticed that since we We're looking at where people were coming from. There's a couple folks from Calgary, Alberta, where I am from originally, where my parents still live up in Canada. So welcome to the Canadians here today as well. Um, Just really great to be back with you. And of course, one of the favorite things for me of coming to the uh, Buddhist Fellowship Sangha in San Francisco is hearing all of your fantastically amazing voices when we chant and sing together. And um, I'm sure you know by now that that technically is not possible to do. And uh, that is one of my, uh, the big pieces of what I'm going to share with you today is music. So one of the upsides in doing this now for five months with folks in different settings is that people will say sometimes, um, you know, I've always been kind of shy about singing, but now nobody can hear me. So I'm singing at the top of my lungs in my own house, my own apartment. So if that's maybe your story, here's a great opportunity to join in the chanting and really um, give yourself to it. And for those who, you know, love to sing and chant, well, then you get to hear your own, your own beautiful voice and you can sing harmonies with me and um, just really see what we are doing musically today as part of our practice, uh, because what I like to say, especially in Dharma contexts like this, uh, you know, singing of course and chanting has uh, been part of Buddhist practice forever. And when Buddhism came to the West, um, in some traditions, especially Theravadin, uh, the chanting was largely left out. Um, if you go, if you went to Zen. In the beginning, if you were involved in Zen or Tibetan practice, there was still a lot of chanting. But in the Theravadan practice, uh, often if you went up to Spirit Rock, you know, there there would just be, it felt like it was not part of the practice at all. And that is changing a lot now because people understand the power of chant and the really ancient nature of it, not just in Buddhism, but in every uh, cultural and spiritual tradition, this capacity to um, let Fill our body with vibration as a way to quiet the mind, uh, settle the heart, settle the nervous system, and open to wisdom. So, today I'm going to uh, kind of weave chanting and singing with some teachings and maybe a little bit of silence woven in here and there, and just to really invite you into the entire experience as part of practice. Mm-hmm. I want to start with this, what some people say is the most often chanted mantra in the world, Om Mani pe me Hum or padmehum. and we've done it together many times over the years when I've come to be with you all, just a way to start really getting more settled and allow this resonance to fill your body well, there's so many different uh, explanations for what this mantra means. One of the ways I look at it is it's a practice to remind us who we are. That it, These chants and all the practices really, meditation, singing of mantras, chanting, they are all ways of creating the conditions for wisdom, for our natural wisdom to reveal itself. And we know that that happens when we meditate. If, go, if you go on long retreats, you know after a few days, something amazingly magical and beautiful can happen where there's a process of just things dropping away to reveal uh, what is essentially left, which is our what we can call our true nature or the ground of being our essential self or... And so really, let's just chant this mantra. It's an invitation to just start to allow some of those, you know, the activity of the mind, the conditioned ideas of our own self, to just relax and drop away a bit so something more authentic and healing can arise. I love the roomy line. The breeze at dawn has secrets to tell you don't go back to sleep. And to me, this mantra is really about this capacity to awaken in all of us.
3: Om Mani Peme Hum Om Mani Peme Hum Om Mani Peme Hum Om Mani Peme Hum Om Mani Peme out. Oh,
2: It's always uh, really special for me to join you, to come to the um, Gay Buddhist Fellowship. I always joke when I come to and be with you in person that it's one of my opportunities to sit in a group of mostly men and sing together. Uh, it's, uh, it's a rare moment for me in my life and uh, really special. The other thing that's also kind of rather, pretty profound for me is that I'm, as I, especially as I grow a little older and really reflect on my life, it's re, it's clear to me that my own identity as a gay woman, as a lesbian, is profoundly woven into my own spiritual path, my own history, my own practice. And I always like to mention that when I join you because... I think so often there can be a tendency to skip right over uh, in in our spiritual communities. Maybe maybe not these days, especially in younger communities, but there is a way to kind of move to the the kind of, well, the non-dual, you might say, and a kind of the um, ultimate reality where, you know, gender and um, identity sort of disappears. Um, But of course, we're formed by our conditioning and the conditioning of our culture. And, um, and I've been having this experience lately because I don't know about you, but it's been really hard for me to, um, spend much time in the future. Are you having that experience? I mean, we can worry about the future, but it's very hard to plan for the future. So my planning mind has has started to recede and I'm, I'm such a type A person that I, I'm usually on the go. I'm touring and traveling and planning big events and producing things and collaborating and recording. And it's all a lot of it is future. My mind is often very future oriented. And so I've found myself sort of much more invited into the present, which is kind of a silver lining in this moment. And also doing a little bit of like deep inquiry into the past And it's found me reading a lot of my uh, early journals, starting from when I was about 16. And I think it's taken me all these decades to want to do that and not be totally embarrassed. (laughs) And so, and I'm actually loving it and fascinated by it because right there in those hundreds and hundreds of pages is a very kind of tangled and complex description of my own process of um, coming into an understanding of my own identity. And I'm left with a great feeling of respect and compassion for, uh, for that journey, which was not easy because I was raised in the prairie provinces of Canada in the 60s and 70s um, in a very, very Catholic uh, environment. I wish, you know, it's hard for me not to be able to see all your faces. And it's usually when this is the trick of Zoom, right? Because I can just see little windows and some of you don't have your videos on. So I'm just, this is a bit of a one-way expression, but I, I'm kind of, um, I'd love to see your responses. But because I know some of you relate to this. Uh, so the the part that, that is kind of, that I'm thinking about in terms of Dharma is that I was, from a very young age, uh, given this opportunity to trust my own experience in the midst of a culture that did not reflect back uh, that experience and that um, identity that that I was starting to really awaken to, and I'm I'm feeling the great gift of that uh, because, as we know, you know, at the center of Dharma teaching is this. This practice of awakening to what is real, um, this practice of letting go of conditioned reality, and when you are part of a uh, minority group in our culture, an oppressed group in our culture, an invisible group, um, especially—I mean, especially when I was growing up, and many of us very invisible—you couldn't Google gay and find out anything. <laughs> You have to learn to trust your own experience and sift through it to find what is true. And so I just wanted to share that to begin because um it's been this this uh unfolding over my lifetime of of coming into an a deep understanding of myself. Uh there's there's there was such a gift in being a young gay person because it opened that It opened me uh, at a very young age to that kind of quest, and uh, I think it was profoundly intertwined with my spiritual life and my spiritual practice. So today I want to express gratitude uh, for that and uh, celebrate it. I feel incredibly lucky to be who I am, and I hope that you do too. So... The other things I've been thinking about that I want to share with you today that's really in the context of this moment we find ourselves in, you know, wonder how you're doing. Here we are in like, I cannot believe almost five months have passed. We're in this kind of semi quarantined uh, state. And there are two things I want to share. And then we're going to do quite a bit more chanting and singing. And the first is that uh, two kind of streams of thinking. In inquiring lately. The first arised out of a, t- a walk I took with my friend Joanna Macy a few, a few weeks ago. Many of you know her work. She's a Buddhist scholar, eco-philosopher. She's now 92 years old and a force of nature and a profound thinker, weaving dharma and activism and love for our world in an uh, exquisite tapestry that is her life. And uh, she, when we were walking, she was. Um, I was asking her how she's seeing the, the present moment, and she described it as a bardo. And if any of you have done Tibetan practice or done any of you know, reading um, about death in the Tibetan tradition, you know, the word bardo refers to the time or the place we find ourselves in after we die and before the next, um, this kind of in-between place. And she said, you don't have to die to be in Bardo states. And, but in fact, our whole culture is now in a Bardo. And each of us are in some kind of Bardo, this place in between where you no longer are where you were, but you really don't know where you're going. And she said, um, in the tradition, in the Tibetan tradition, when you enter the bardo, the first thing that appears to you is the Buddha Akshobhya. And Akshobhya is the Buddha of mirror, mirror like wisdom. So he's like holding up a mirror. And the instruction is do not turn away. Do not turn away. Do not turn away from the reflection of what is true look directly into it. Don't get distracted. Don't get deluded. Um, You know, don't let fear take you down some other track. Look straight into it. And what is wanting to be revealed will be revealed. And she said that right now, COVID is the mirror that is uh, being held up. COVID is a mirror holding up a reflection of our culture and it's revealing many things about our lives, about the failure of our healthcare systems, about, um, uh, inequities economically. Uh, it's revealing much to us on a personal level. You know, I know that for me, I'm realizing a lot of things about what it's like, how I, how I deal with the unknown with anxiety. Um, but it is a giant mirror being held up with the possibility of real and deep transformation. And I just, I love that image. Um, And I've been thinking about it a lot in my personal life and also in the wider world that we're in right now. And also, of course, the whole arising of this movement everywhere really now for justice and for racial justice and healing in our country and beyond. And a great mirror is being held up with the passing of John Lewis, another opportunity. So I like I liked her way of forming of thought, uh, and I just offer that to you as a a frame for seeing where we are, as being in this Bardo. And the great thing about Bardos is, you know, even though they can be terrifying and full of demons of all kinds, of demons of the mind, you know. Um, demons of delusion and uh, that are that are that arise out of anxiety and fear and aversion craving that Bardos are rich with the possibility for awakening and transformation and um, so you know one of the ways of course that we can i think uh, respond to this moment is by coming together like we are to take this time to really look deeply at what we're being called to do in the world, in our world and in our lives for each of us and, and, and kind of running along beside that, um, story or that way of framing is a is another piece uh, for me, and um, I think for many of us this question of given how difficult it is for so many of us uh, in the culture, so many frontline workers, so many you know essential workers, so many people suffering, so many people dying, um, so much injustice being revealed, and then of course the terror many people are feeling about the coming elections and all the chaos being kicked up. What does it mean to take care of ourselves? You know, and sometimes um, I think we can feel like it's, it's kind of a narcissistic practice to practice self-care or to, pra- to do practices that generate happiness and well-being. And a couple of weeks ago, I heard a talk by Ananda Bodhi. She's one of the Aloka Vihara sisters um, who, who f- founded a, mon- a monastery out in uh, Placerville. And she quoted the Buddha in that talk because she was um, talking about this whole question of what it means to kind of um, invite in well-being and happiness in a time of, of deep trouble. And she quoted, she, she quoted this beautiful quote from the Buddha that was something like, um, the way she put it was that we are called to not shirk responsibility for our own well-being, to not shirk responsibility for our own well-being. I, I love that. And we spent a whole evening pondering that with her. You know, what does that look like? And um, she, she talked a lot about how really only from a mind that is calm, only from a mind, a nervous system that can steady itself, can real wisdom arise that isn't just reactive, kind of knee-jerk and reactive. Doesn't mean that uh, it's all sweet and pretty and... Uh, you know, the, 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 the things that arise can be very active. We can be We can be activists on the front line. But this need to be able to calm our own nervous systems and attend to our hearts with kindness and generate joy, even in uh, really difficult times that we can't shirk that responsibility. And I love that. Uh, I have Jewish friends, rabbis who talk about that often that they, we are being, we are called to live lives of joy, that it's a responsibility as a human being, um, to generate that. So, so I uh, just wanted to offer those, um, kind of two thoughts you know one is about this capacity to rise up in our time and not turn away from what's happening so that we can respond and uh and really like like bodhisattvas respond to what is needed like Tara here who is behind me on the wall she's always got green Tara has one leg extended she's ready to go she's not just sort of hanging out in her own bliss for an eternity um so And then also how in the midst of everything, you know, being dedicated to to caring for ourselves. And I think that the fact that you're here today means that you are. That's why we practice so that we can generate uh, more well-being. And uh, so I'm going to offer you some more chants and songs as a practice to help do that. So I want to share this um, with you. This is a a song that arose out of this quarantine time. Um, And I uh, wrote the verses, and I'd heard the chorus. My friend Lior Sarfati, who came once to the fellowship and sang with me, he wrote the beautiful chorus, and I heard it, and I asked him if I could turn it into a song. So this is... um, It's got a chorus you can easily sing, and it's really just an invitation to calm the heart and mind, and to take it one breath at a time. Take this moment that we're in one breath at a time.
3: to find you, to wake you gently, to remind you, a ringing bell, a flickering one On the rocky sea Battered by The rising tide I'll be the light To guide you home Safely to To the other side One breath One breath at a time One breath, one breath Just one breath at a time One breath, one breath In the silent dawn I will speak your name When this world is gone Tell me what will remain You're the sky that all The tumbling stars, the falling rain, one breath, one breath at a time, one breath, one breath, one breath at a time, one breath. One breath at a time one breath one breath one breath at a time one.
2: the um, the four Brahma Baharas. Sorry about the echo. It just uh, makes my singing sound better but it makes me sound like I'm coming to you from the Grand Canyon. That's better. Okay. So, metta, karuna, mudita, Upeka. Metta, love and kindness, karuna, compassion, mudita joy or the joy in other people's joy which is uh, a little more challenging sometimes metta karuna mudita upaka upaka which is equanimity or peace of mind peace of mind and heart so we'll sing metta karuna mudita upaka and really as you chant it really inviting those qualities and you know, the teaching is that the Viharas, if, if they are cultivated this is a profound path to well-being and to happiness.
3: Metta karuna mudita upeka metta karuna mudita Upeka, try it. Meta Karuna, Udita, Upeka. Meta Karuna, Udita, Upeka. Meta Karuna, Udita, Upeka. Meta Karuna Mudita Upeca, Meta Karuna Mudita upeka. Meta Karuna Mudita Upeca, Karuna Udita Upeka Meta Karuna Udita Upeka Meta Karuna Udita Upeka Twice as loud Meta Karuna Udita mudita upekha metta karuna mudita upekha metta karuna mudita upekha metta karuna mudita upekha Meta karuna mudita ubeka Meta karuna mudita ubeka Meta karuna mudita ubeka
2: Looking at the time, I can't believe how quickly it's going. So um, I want to leave time so we can hear your voices. If you have comments or questions, for a few minutes. So and do this last last piece with you. It's a we're gonna, it's a piece of metta. So we're going to end with this. Really sending sending metta, sending our wishes. Our wishes of loving kindness to ourselves, to all the people here on this, in this meeting today, you can imagine that we're sitting together in a beautiful temple, beautiful space, sending it to each other, sending it to people in Lebanon, people on the streets, people in hospitals. People who are ill and people who are risking their lives on the front lines. Sending it to all beings
3: everywhere. I cannot turn my eyes. I cannot count the cost. Of all that has been broken All that has been lost I cannot understand The suffering that life brings War and hate and hunger And a million other things When I've done all that I can And I vow to do Let sorrow be the doorway Into an open heart And the light on the hills Is full of mercy The wind in the trees It comes to save me This silence It will never Desert me I long truly free May
1: Thank you very much, Jennifer. Say that. It's <laughs> beautiful.
2: David. Yeah. So if anyone has anything just to share, um, any responses, thoughts, questions, just what might just be arising in you after sitting and hearing some words and chanting.
1: I just want to say thank you for the moments of
2: peace that you brought and for the, elements of calm amidst, amidst the stress. Thank you. Is that Bob who said that? Thanks, Bob.
0: I would like to thank you, Jennifer. Um, just for that, um, just the elevation I feel after that, um,
1: participation and listening to your beautiful voice. And, um, I really appreciate the connection. I'm down here in South, uh, uh, southeastern Arizona and um, I've thoroughly uh, enjoyed the sangha and your songs <laughs> Thank
2: you, who's, thank you. Spe- who's speaking? I want. I can't Oh, Tom, that's Tom. Tom, hi Tom Thanks Tom
0: Thank you beautiful. I'd just like to say thank you, it was very beautiful too I, I thought too, but I also like to just acknowledge that Canada grows, it, it, the prairies of Canada grow great singers.
2: <laughs> oh, oh, I, I'll be the first to say that. <laughs> Joni Mitchell, shall we say? Yeah. Katie Lang? Katie Lang, absolutely. <laughs>
0: And very Cass. <laughs> so thank you. I mean as an expatriate C- Canadian, I, I I really appreciate the, the the gifts that Canada sends out to the world. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks,
2: Cass. Yeah, I'm very proud of my uh, Neil Young and Bruce Coburn and on and on and on. Those are the yeah. oldies, but so many more contemporary <laughs> artists.
0: Um, well thank you for being here and for Mm-hmm. Thanks. Adding, adding your voice to the culture.
2: Yeah.
0: Thank you, Jennifer. Even over Zoom, the magic is still there. You just really moved us. Uh, right. You moved me, certainly. So I just I miss seeing you in person. I miss feeling that resonance in my body of the echoing of all those all of our voices together. But you really brought it all back. Thank you so much.
2: Thanks, Thomas. It's going to be all the more sweeter, isn't it, the next time we can be together. Yes.
1: <laughs> I very much enjoyed your reference to Guan Yin because you, you channeled Guan Yin this morning. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Jim.
0: I appreciated not only your great music, but also your com- comments about COVID being a mirror for us and being a, a bardo our culture uh, with its opportunities for for work and growth but the in-between place.
2: Thanks Jeffrey. And Joanna Macy gave a talk to the Upaya Zen Center, uh, Joan Halifax's group in New Mexico where she really, that's her whole theme. You can find it online. It's extraordinarily uh, powerful.
1: Well, thank you again um, Jennifer, I personally really appreciated uh your comments and reflections on how um our conditioned identities can be a gateway through i mean I'm my own words here, but like i like from what I heard or felt it's like there is a gateway to our to uh, spiritual path for sure unpacking it and exploring it is a really access point um it resonates with me and also the way joy is Even when things are really tough, joy is a, um, is a, it was a radical act. You know, I've been, been talking about that with a lot of people in, um, context of the social justice movement and how accessing and fostering joy is, can be a strong tool of resistance. So thanks for naming it. So if, if other things come up, you know, and we do need to shift gears. So thank you, Jennifer, very much, Deep Bows, for your presence with us today. Um, um
2: can I just make a quick announcement, David? Um, please. Yeah. This is time for announcements. Sure. Every, every Monday night, um, I'm here right in this, against this blue wall. <laughs> I lead something called Sing and Awaken. If you, if you're finding that singing is helping you right now, Um, uh, we we do an hour and a half of singing, mostly singing. I have special guests every week and you can email me uh, to get the links. And it's seven to eight thirty every Monday night, tomorrow night, our, our meditation, short meditation is being led by a monastic, Ayasanta Chita. So it's gonna be very powerful. Uh, so please join if you'd like.
1: Great. Thank you. Are there any announcements from anybody else in the community? Richard, I see your hand up. You can unmute yourself. Thank you.
0: Yeah, the GBF is sponsoring a day-long retreat Saturday, October 10th. J.D. Doyle is going to be our uh, teacher. Uh, The theme is community, kindness, and joy. Uh, There is no charge to attend, but, of course, Donna is always uh, encouraged for the teacher. And they'll they'll, they'll be posted on the website, but just to kind of save the date, Saturday, October 10th, 10 to 430. Any news too. about when we'll be back
1: in uh, the San Francisco Buddha Center?
0: No news. No idea. No idea. Hi, um, David. Honey, hi. Um, Just a couple. Just a couple little things. Um, I manage the mailbox, and so two items. One is we get uh, a steady flow of requests from gay prisoners, gay Buddhist prisoners who would love to have a pen pal. And so if you are interested or you have capacity to start to correspond with someone uh, incarcerated Buddhist, um, please let me know. And um, we also received lots of Donna checks. Thank you to those who contributed, Donna, with your check in the mail. But a lot of people wrote the old wrong address. So I'm putting in the chat the the real or the current address for the gay Buddhist fellowship there. I don't know how it changed or when it changed, but, um, and I don't even know how the mail gets to us magically from the old address, but please update your records, uh, and make sure you have the right mailing address. Thank you.
1: Grisha, is it okay to post your email address in the chat for people about, um, pen pal program? Sure. I will. Okay. Thank you. Right, And I, and I also, um, we do, uh, ask, encourage everybody to, uh, support this work, um, for our teachers and for, um, through Donna. And so there is a link in the chat, uh, and also for the, uh, the website of the Gay Buddhist Fellowship where you can make a contribution, um, by PayPal. And I do see that, honey, you got your, um, hand up. Oh, I see. Um, Honey Sweet Harmony facilitates the event. Please go ahead. Take it away. Thank you.
4: I've been doing a lot of zooming. Can everybody hear me okay? I'm using brand new headphones for this one. Great. Thanks so much. Um, Yeah. Thank you so much for this beautiful event. and yeah, I just wanted to mention, so we are out in East Coast time, um, which sometimes if you've got something already going at a certain time for are West Coasters, it makes it easy to also come to our events. Um, so yeah, we're a collective Honey Sweet Harmony. Uh, we catalyze creativity in an interspecies kind of way. Um, and Buddhism and Bon Buddhism specifically are certainly some of our influences. And, um, for anyone who might be interested in gathering to do singing, um, I'm starting to weave together, um, some community storytelling nights based on live and in-person experiences around a fire, but finding a way to do that in a way that feels really good through this, um, you know, Zoom and related technology. And then just other rituals that are related to, um, natural cycle events, such as, you know, the way that the sun and the moon can um, move through their cycle. So if any of that something that sparks your curiosity, we'd be very happy to have folks uh, connect with us through the Gmail account, Honey's Gmail. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you for sharing very much. Hey, David. Yes, Tom.
0: Does anybody know when the next print newsletter goes out? Because I would like to transcribe the, um, the talk that Vinnie Ferraro gave back in May
4: um, that. Uh, Tom,
1: Tom, I have just edited it, and it will be the lead article in the upcoming fall newsletter. You did it. I did it. Excellent. Thank you. You're welcome. It's in the, it's in the works right now. And Jack's been coordinating the um, volunteers to help with the mailing process already. So thank you, Tom. And thank you, Jack, and all that are um, contributing to that work this month. Great. So, um, thank you for joining us. Uh, next week we'll be coming together again, um, with Bill Weber, but there is also a Wednesday evening sit, um, which is, um, I believe at six thirty or seven, nine. seven, seven thirty to nine. information is on the website about that. Uh, it's the same link. So certainly join, come together Wednesday evening, uh, to meditate and connect with one another. Uh, and so we'll conclude with um, a dedication of merit, which also happens to be the Brahma Viharas. Our, our dedication of merit is actually the four immeasurables, um, which feels very appropriate because we spent a lot of time sitting in them today. Um, so if you know it, you can join in your own way. So by the power and beauty of this practice and any merit that has been accumulated by our time together, In our contemplations today, may it go out and be for the benefit of all beings. May all beings have happiness and the causes of happiness. May all beings be free from sorrow and the causes of sorrow. May all beings never be separated from the great bliss, which is free from all sorrow. And may all live in equanimity and free from all attachment and aversion and believing in the equality and equanimity of all that lives. Thank you all. Thank you. Thanks,
0: Jennifer. Thanks, David. Thank you. David. Thank, you okay. bye, <laughs> Thank you, David. Thank you, Jennifer. Bye, everybody. Thank you, David. Unmute make some noise. Let us know you, you're here. Thanks, everyone. Oh, bye. 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 bye.
3: Bye
2: everybody.
0: Bye bye.
2: Bye.
0: Thank you, Jennifer.
1: Bye-bye.
0: thank you you you
1: guests. thank you for those who came from far and wide today
0: (laughs) thank you for listening to the Gay Buddhist Forum if you would like to hear several new talks per month and be notified of upcoming speakers so you can participate live please subscribe to this podcast like us on Facebook and join our mailing list by visiting gaybuddhist.org